Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Jesse Moore, and welcome to Icon Leadership Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Icon Leadership Podcast. We all know that before you can be a successful leader in the world, you have to be a successful leader at home. Today on our podcast, we have Mr. Randall Gilbert on our show, a dynamic speaker and coach. Mr. Gilbert's messages resonates with individuals across the spectrum. Whether you're here or there, we got you. Uh, Mr. Gilbert, has a passion just like all of all leaders and that passion is something called the relentless fathers movement today we're going to learn how to be a great leader and a great father at the same time hello mr gilbert how are you today i am doing well brother jesse how are you hey i'm doing well man tell me something uh, about yourself well again my name is randall gilbert i was born and raised in a little small place called lagrange georgia I entered the military shortly after high school, spent eight years, and the following 30 years, I was an entrepreneur. I, I, I had a trucking company for 17 years, and I had a uh, <clears throat> landscaping company for, the, uh, uh, for 13 years. And, uh, and, and then the purpose, the purpose uh, that God gave me uh, made me get away from both of those industries and focus on becoming a better father and at the same time help other brothers become better fathers. So that, that, uh, that is a, a little bit of my background and, and, and how I got started into uh, the business of encouraging fathers to be better fathers. All right, well, great. Sounds good. So tell me, what's this uh, Relentless Fathers Movement? What is that all about? Well, Relentless Fathers Movement is, it, it, well, we know the word relentless means that we're never giving up. <clears throat> and a lot of us, such as myself, and I'm one of them, who did not have a father in his life. I never knew my biological. And I never knew that a con contributing factor of not having a father would make me want to be the father that I did not have for my children. I, I, it just it, it really made me aware of the importance of having a father in my children's life and, and fathers in their children's lives uh, because there was a lot of mistakes that I made. And it would have been so very, very brilliant or so very, very uh, nice if I could have tapped into a father. Maybe I would not have made the mistakes uh, that I made. So, again, a contributing factor in my life of not having a father 
really God said, this is your purpose where you're going out to encourage fathers, whether they didn't have a father, whether they told that they couldn't be a father, whether they've been incarcerated, whatever it is that has been holding them back. And I'm now here telling fathers, don't believe the lie. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, how can, you know, uh, a father teach his kid to be a good leader? Well, the, the, it, well, the first thing, we must be present. Right. It's hard to teach a child to do anything if we have not made them the priority. They must become the priority. Once they become the priority, guess what? In our children's lives, uh, in their eyes, we become the superheroes to fight off the villains. When we make ourselves present and we conduct ourselves as fathers, our children will begin to look at us, even though they may not say it, as leaders. Because guess what? They're like 747s. My children, they need a wide, smooth, and a very safe place to land. But if I don't make myself available, where they may land will not have their best interests at hand. So uh, to, 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 to be a leader, first of all, to teach our children to be a leader, we first must make ourselves available. And then secondly, we must be willing to listen. See, a lot of times we want to tell our children to do this and to do that, but have we heard, have we tried to become involved with what they are doing. I, I found out about leadership. Leadership does not look for power. Leadership looks to empower. So you look to empower your children by asking them questions and listening to their responses and then becoming involved with what they are doing. That's how we teach our children to be leaders. Right, right, right. So you, you're, you're saying that uh, a father needs to be available. Man, give us some examples. Uh, some of these guys, you know, uh, you know, might not know what available mean. Give me some uh, examples of being available. Well, it, 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 it's amazing how we, you know, a lot of times we have to go to work early. Say some fathers have to be at work there early. Right. And a lot of times the children are still asleep. Right making yourselves available, why before going down, grabbing that big mug of coffee in the morning, why not go to your baby's room and just pray over them or write them a note. So when they wake up, that's the first thing they read. Dad left me a note. And during the course of the day, during the course of the day, why not reach out to them? You know, most of you kids got phones now. Why not reach out to them? And encourage them through a text message mm -hmm. or maybe you can take time off from your job and go and have lunch with your children. And I often kid my audiences is that, okay, when you do this for the very first time, don't be surprised if you end up eating your meal in a janitor's closet because that's just not good. But if you remain consistent 
into sister. The next thing you know, well, Dad, we're going to eat at this table. Now, you're not with the friends where they started out, but you're eating at the table. The next day, if we keep consistent, if we be consistent, guess what? Next time you know, hey, Dad, is it okay if I invite some of my friends over to eat? In other words, making ourselves available, making the children feel very, very comfortable, and they can come to depend on you. And at the end of the day, study with them, spend time doing their homework. You know, again, make them the priority. Okay. This is how, again, we grow our relationships with our babies. And again, it's making ourselves available. Right. Got it. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So, man, so every child has a, a cell phone. You know, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. every, but, but, you know, from 10 on up, I'm, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much for sure. So how do we, how do we, we, we got to compete with TikTok. We have to compete with uh, YouTube. We, we have a lot of competing to do yes, that's sir. out there and all these other influences that they have at school. So how do we, yes, how do we compete with that, you know, uh, being a, uh, to be a good father? How do we compete with that stuff? Well, sir, I, I, I like to call those villains. Social media, yeah. bullying, peer pressure, uh, drugs and alcohol, all of these are villains. And every villain, if we can think about back to our cartoon days, every villain always had a superhero that they had to fight against, that they had to go up against. And the superhero, if we're going to protect our children, be that wall from all of the distractions that are out there, again, it goes back to what we talked about first. We got to be available. We got to be able to conversate with our children and explain to them why certain things that you as the father, as their superhero, will not allow in the home. And then tell them about, in, 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 in a childlike way, tell them the dangers. They have great uh, they have great opportunities to do great things, but if they do this, it'll take you away. If they do that, it will distract you. If you do this, you won't have a chance. You can destroy a bright future that you have for yourself, and the only way that they're going to be protected against this is that we've got to, as fathers, become superheroes, make our children the priority, and protect them from these villains that you spoke about earlier. Right. I got it, man. So I see a lot of a lot of a lot of fathers out there and a lot of parents, period, you know, that, you know, sometimes when they're 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 talking to their their kids, you know, they're they're giving them uh it's more negative than it is positive. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Uh, how can we change that? Well, a lot of times we 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 kind of give back to what we were given. Hmm. A lot of us probably heard a lot of negative things growing up, as I alluded to earlier, about what you cannot do, about you are just like your father no responsibility, or you're not going to do good in school. We can only, unless we make a decision to find help, 
a lot of times because of our pride, we can't get the help because we believe that we know it all. But if we're going to change the way that we speak, it's going to take work. It's going to take work. You're going to have to make yourself, here we go, available to men, to fathers who can speak wisdom into you, who will walk with you. And also, they will challenge you. And all of this is right out of the Word of God. That's what turned my life around, making mistakes, you know, going through a couple of marriages. Had I been able to tap into my father, Hmm. had I been able to just to hear some positive feedback, Randall, you can do this. Randall, you got it going on. My son, I'll share this. My son, uh, who's 34, been married about four years. He took me out for my birthday uh, dinner, and it was just he and I. And he looks at me. He says this, that marriage is hard. After four or five years, that's what he said. But my spirit told me what he said is, or what he meant was, that we argue just a little bit too much. And I sit back in my chair and I said, son, he said, yes, dad, you don't have to get the last word. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and he sat back in his chair and he said, dad, thank you. See, fathers, we need to understand that yes, a lot of us grew up in difficult situations. A lot of us have tasted disappointment. But I am here to tell you, one who has gone through it, that you can turn it around. Don't believe the lies. We can have the beautiful relationship with our children, and we can learn to speak softly and kindly. But guess what? It's going to take work. It's going to take work. Right, right, right. So... Emotions, man. Mm-hmm. You know, we grew up in this era back in the day where we're we're men. We're not supposed to cry. Mm-hmm. We don't show mm-hmm. our emotions. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I <laughs> hey, sir, I hug and I kiss on my boys, and I have even heard them cry and they've even seen me cry because I'm a very passionate father. I'm a very passionate husband and a son and an uncle. I I show a lot of passion and the emotions, the, the, the emotions, we've got to be able to teach our beautiful children, it's okay to cry. Yeah. It's okay because a lot of people walk around with pent up energy and it only takes one thing to set them off. And it's all because they never was given the opportunity to release. They never were told that it's okay to cry. It doesn't make you less of a man. Even it'll make you a better man because it teaches you how to control 
how to control the situation. If you're going to pin up all this energy in you, if you're not going to talk, if you're not going to, if you're just not going to relate what is in you and what's on you and you don't have a place to release that, somebody may get hurt because of you not releasing and they had nothing to do with why you went off on them. So we need to be very, very careful to teach our children that it's okay. And and, and let me tell you something. I, I, I share this with you. In the military for eight years, I was in Sinop, Turkey at the age of 20. One of the most dismal places you ever wanted to go. But I never forget, six months into my tour, I get a knock on my door. It was my neighbor across the room, across the hallway, comes in and sits down. He said, man, can I talk to you? I said, go ahead. And he started to talk about his childhood. He only had one more month left in the country before he goes back. But he said, Randall, when I arrived here, 11 months ago, my wife and I was on our way to divorce court. But this tour took me away. And since I have been here, Randall, the letters that we write each other are so loving, are so kind. And this gentleman began to cry. And I mean cry as though somebody had really just tied him up for all of these years, and he finally was able to release. And this went on for about 45 minutes. He was afraid of going home, and he needed somebody to talk to. And after about 45 minutes, he finally, after he used up all my tissue, he got himself together. And this is what he said before he he left Dr. Room. He said, Randall, I could have gone to the post commander I could have gone to the company commander. I could have easily gone to the chaplain. But he said, I've been watching you since you arrived at this place six months ago. And he said, the reason I came to you was because if I started to cry, you wouldn't laugh at me. People are always watching how you carry yourself. Absolutely. if you carry yourself like a leader, yeah. guess what? Guess what, my friend? Yes, you don't have to have a leadership badge on your collar. There you go. Just the way you walk and the way you treat people. A guy that I only saw in passing in the hallway thought enough of me or seen enough of me and the way that I conducted myself that he could come to you or come to me and just cry and let a whole lot of stuff that he's had pent up in him for a very long time. Wow. That's amazing. So, so tell me, so how do, how do we, how do we teach our children to be leaders? Because, and I think that needs to be a curriculum in the schools because when Mm -hmm. when I was Mm -hmm. growing up, we didn't have curriculums mm-hmm. in the school for that, but I had my mom and my dad taught me how to be a leader, how to work, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I had to, I had to, I had to do it correctly. If I did not do right. it correctly, I had to go back right. and do it until I, until it was right. 
Exactly. Exactly, sir. Exactly. And 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 that was the way, gosh, I like to say they did it in the South. Right. I I like to say black families did that to us as we were growing up. Why? Because they knew the opportunities we had. If we conducted ourselves properly and and even though our parents might have seen a lot of things that we didn't see. But if we conduct ourselves properly, this is what they always hope for. That the individual that will come and give you a helping hand won't be your pigmentation. Hmm. Just treat people the right. That is the best way you can do leadership. Treat people the best way Uh, uh, at my job at my job i'm doing my job one day the holy spirit shows up and said randall and i knew who it was because it was so warm and soothing and said you have heard this what i'm about to tell you all of your church going here we go career but when i tell you this today your life will never be the same. And this is what he said. He said, look at all the beauty around you. The trees, the flowers, the people walking, their pets, cars, buildings, the sounds that you hear. This is what he asked me. He said, was that created by a mediocre God? Hmm. And, I, and I said, no. And this is what I want to tell fathers right now. This is what the Holy Spirit left me with. He said, the reason that you have been living below your means is because you chose to. Mm. It's amazing. We want to do great things. We want to be these outstanding fathers, but we don't want to put ourselves in position to learn, even when we leave home. See, our parents only gave us so much. But when we left home, what they were hoping for is that he will take what we've given him and build on that. And build on that. If we're going to teach children about leadership and respect and kindness, we need to start, even if you're not living with your children, you can still be impactful as a father. Yeah. Go out of your way again to make them the priority. And then God will bless you with everything else you want. Right, right. How do you motivate our children to mm-hmm. believe in themselves? Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Well, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. What are we telling them? We, we've, got to t- we've got to allow them, here we go, to make mistakes. Now, what does that mean? Yeah. You teach your children about stepping out. You teach them that they are leaders by the way you teach them on how to conduct themselves. Yes. A lot of children don't get that. But when we teach our children how to be leaders and how to respect others, that is the greatest gift as a father 
that we can give them. That starts, it starts at home. It starts with you and I doing everything that we possibly can do to make our children understand that they are leaders, that they have a beautiful life ahead of them, but we've got to set the example. We have to walk it out in front of them. We've got to be able to communicate with them, encourage them. My son, uh, my youngest son, he's 26 years old. He called me up a couple of weeks ago. He said, Dad, I bought a television set, and can you help me hang it up? Well, I couldn't get to him at the time. I said, look, call your older brother. He does that all the time. The next day, I get a call back. Dad, I got the television hung up. I said, you did? Felicia is his girlfriend. And he said this to me. He said, I told Felicia, my dad always told me, try. And if you fail, get up and do it again. Hmm. He said, Dad, I hung the television. Because of what we put into our children, guess what? Right. They will take chances because we built such a relationship that they know Dad ain't going to beat me down. Right. He, he, even if it doesn't work out, he's going to be there applauding me because he, my son took a chance. My son took a chance. Right, right, right. I always tell my boys, I encourage them, whatever they want to do, go ahead and do it. I'm your, I'm your biggest fan. If I got it to give to you, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to help you out. Amen. I'm going to help you. Amen. I'm going to help you. We fail, we fail together. And, 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 and brother Jesse, what you're doing, you're not only dealing with that generation, you're dealing with the next generation that they're going to raise and, and that their children are going to raise. See, we can cut out a whole lot of this generational curse, that yeah. curses that we've been in. Right. So what we're doing right now going to affect generations to come. Right. It's going to affect generations to come. Uh, my, 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 uh, my grandfather passed away when I was 14 years old and I hung out with him all the time. That was my man. And at the age of 14, he passed away. Now, come the 20th, 2026, he will have been gone for 50 years. And I talk more about my grandfather today than I ever did in my life. Now, the question I ask my fathers, not what do they say? Not will they remember you, but what are they going to say about you 50 years from now? Right. You can build that legacy by what you do today. Start building your legacy so that your beautiful gifts that we call children right. can pass it on. Right, right. Wow. So what made you want to reach out to, to men? Oh, because I know I learned through my mistakes uh, about 15 years ago, about 15 years ago, uh, my wife tells, tells me, I don't want to be married anymore. Don't want to be married. And I met a friend of mine who's my pastor now, who's my pastor 
who's my pastor now. And he invited me to a group called Man Up. Mm-hmm. And I go there. Because, Doc, when you're hurting, if he had told me to drive to the space station, guess what? <laughs> I would have done so. <laughs> I would have done so. Right. So I get to this men's group. It's 15 guys sitting in a circle. And I'm just listening to them open up. And the pastor looks over at me and said, Randall, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I went off, because I only went there for one reason, to find allies. I want somebody to tell me, yes, she did you wrong. But, man, we got to talk. And I went on, my wife don't do this, my wife don't do this, my wife, my wife, my wife, for about 15 minutes. And the pastor looks at me and asks the question, are you finished? (laughs) I I, I said, yes, sir, I'm finished. He said, do me a favor. He said, give me that window and you take the mirror and you look in it. And he said, tell me, who do you see? I said, well, sir, I see myself. He said, don't you ever mention your wife's name in this circle again. He said, you are the priest of your home. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you are responsible for everything that goes on in your home. Now, he said, I know you got one leg out the door. I said, well, she doesn't want me anymore. He said, you're not going anywhere. You're going to stay there because of the covenant that you made. Brother Jesse and your audience, I spent the next three years in my basement. And you never would have made me believe that I would have chosen to love a lady that did not want to love me, nor wanted me to love her. I stayed there. And she came to me and said this one day. She said, it seems like the nastier I am, the nicer you become. I'm out of here. Well, I realized that I could not do anything about it. I realized that. I couldn't make a state. It was hurtful, but I was so thankful that men who had held me up until I was able to hold myself up. And I've got the relationships with my boys that I could never have imagined. And this is what my pastor told me. He came to me and told me, Brandon, it's time for you to get married. Now, again, sir, I've been by myself for 10 years. The only hot dates I went on was when my sons would call me up and say, Dad, let's go to dinner. I get sharp as a tack then. But <laughs> he came to me and said, it's time for you to get married. And I said, Doc, how will I know? He said, she will take your ideas and make them hers. Long story short. Oh, man. Wow. My eldest son was my best man. And my two other sons were there with me. And at the reception, the pastor walks up behind me. And this is what I want fathers to get and to write it upon their hearts. He walks up behind me. And whisper, he said, you see those three young men over there with your beautiful daughter-in-law? I said, yes, sir. He said, had you walked out on them years ago, they never would have walked in here for you today. Mm-hmm. I've been around some wise men, and that's why I walked, I, I have to take my message all over the world. I have to take it. Because if I walked away from this today, 
Dr. Jesse. If I walk away from this today, it will haunt me for the rest of my life. Right, right, right. Right. To to be a great leader starts at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The way you treat your kids, the way you treat your spouse matters. You can't be a great leader in the world and not be a great leader at home. Amen. Mr. Gilbert, I sure appreciate you coming to the, uh, uh, tuning into the Icon Leadership Podcast. It's been, uh, it's been very informational and very emotional because at points and times I can see myself crying, thinking about my, my life, our life run, I would say similarly. Amen. And you know, God has did his work on me as well. Amen. Amen. And, and Doc, I, I, before we close, I, I I did get remarried, and and when I went, to, when I told my sons, all of this time they never saw me with another lady, never, because I never wanted my sons to to think that it was cool to see to see dad with different. No, 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 they never saw that. I didn't do much of that at all. But this is what my son told me, the youngest one, when I told him, I'm going to get married. My son hesitated. He spoke for the rest of my son. He hesitated. He said, Dad, we are with you. And then this is what really brought the tears to my eyes. He said, can I tell you, it feels as though you never left the house. We must be involved in our children's lives so that regardless of what happens between mom and dad, the children will never feel as though they've been neglected or it was their fault. We can turn it around, fathers. We can turn it around. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Icon Leadership Podcast. You can find the show anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us at roguemedianetwork.com or you can email us at iconleadership at gmail.com or our website, which is iconleadership.org. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.